Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to another pitcher interview. My name is Nick Pollock, of course, and today I'm very excited because we have Clark Schmidt of the New York Yankees here to nerd out about pitching. Clark, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh, man. I uh, So so what I always like to do, I like to start talking about your history. Uh, mm-hmm. You played high school at Altoona High in Ackworth, Georgia. I think I got all that right. Yeah, and then you did. College ball <laughs> at, uh, at game, as a Gamecock of uh, South Carolina. And talking about Alatoona High, we, beforehand you were saying that it's an incredibly competitive um, travel baseball crowd where you grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was that like? Were there any other notable players uh, that you were playing with then? Yeah, so uh, at my high school, we were a very competitive team. We were like one of the, you know, I guess back then – they have everybody has like these rankings and stuff. We were we were nationally ranked for a while, um, but I think what was more competitive was definitely my travel team. I mean, I, I, we had a really really good high school baseball team in a good region, but uh, I was I think we were more known for our travel team. I played for Team Elite uh, back in the day. I don't know if you you probably heard for some guys. I mean, I I remember my uh, I played up a year when we went to Jupiter. That's when they had that big tournament, um, and we had guys like Austin Meadows, Clint Frazier um back in the day there was a spencer adams i mean i could name there were so many guys that were like michael gettys i mean it was like first rounder after first rounder um and so we were really really good back then and um so it was kind of fun being able to play with these guys dylan cease is who i'm very close with today we work out at the same oh, gym nice. and he was uh we both were on the same travel team uh since we were like 14 so it's cool to be able to grow up around these guys and then see what kind of they come in. Like you see these guys around the league now and you see them at these upper levels and, and what they've become now. And it's, it's a lot of fun being able to kind of cross paths with them again and kind of rekindle those relationships. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, especially now with Clint Frazier being on the same team, right? Uh, yeah. Being like, Hey, I could still strike you out now, maybe in the summer camp again. Right. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, but yeah, I mean, back then, you know, something I think a lot of people kind of forget about is, you know, where you are now with, you know, sinker, four seamer, a breaking ball that we'll talk about mm-hmm. later and, and your changeup. It wasn't always that way. Right. And what was it when you were younger? Um, were you throwing just gas all the time? No. Did you have that breaking ball? Yeah. So actually growing up, I was the like slower throwing command guy. I mean, <laughs> even high school, like I remember coming up through my sophomore, junior year, or my junior senior year of, of high school, it was, I was that guy who would, you know, I would hit 91 or 92, but I was like the 88 to 90 guy. Um, and I would just really a command guy. I mean, I would, I would, I would, I was always able to spin the ball. Like that was my number one thing. I could always, I could always throw a slider. I could always throw a curveball. I could always, you know, I, I always mess around with the changeup a little bit, but changeups back in high school, I mean, unless you're a lefty, you're really not throwing a bunch of changeups, which is oddly enough that, you know, I didn't ever did it. And then um, so I was just able to command the fastball and just really, really spin people to get them out. Uh, but I would get a lot of strikeouts and I would have great results. I just never threw hard. Uh, sure. and, then I, and then I showed up my freshman year of college and I was still like the 89 to 92 guy. And then uh, my 
freshman to sophomore year, I made the biggest jump of my career where it was like, I had an okay freshman year. I got like my feet wet, threw me in the water. I was a weekend starter as a freshman. Um, I was getting way more innings than I, I was expecting when I, when I showed up. Um, and then I was like, wow, I really can, you know, I really can do something with this game. Like, you don't really know how good you can be. Um, when you're a 18 year old freshman in an SEC school starting on the weekends. Right. And right. then especially not being a top prospect, I was never highly touted out of high school. I mean, I got a, a lot of college offers. I was a great college prospect, but never a, a big draft prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that freshman, sophomore year, I gained like 20, 25 pounds. I went from like sitting probably at 90, I would say average velo to like jumping up to like 94. Uh, I was like a 94, 95 guy after that. Um, and then I, so I gained all that velo and I still had the, the command and I still had uh, the breaking stuff and I was always able to spin it. And then it was kind of just like the whole package after that. Uh, and that's where I kind of took the corner of my career. And it was like, it was kind of game over from there on out. And it kind of definitely changed my, changed my career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, was it sinkers then or was it right. also four seamers? I mean, so, I know now you pretty much do two to one sinker to yeah. four seamer. Yeah. So I, so no, it was it was mainly fours, but my four seam uh, back then we never had Rapsodo or Edratronics sure. or any of that stuff. So it was like I would just beat people with ninety five on the corners or whatever it was on a four seam, and I would be like, oh, I guess I'm just overpowering guys. Or like nobody really knew you knew what you knew when you could tell when somebody had a ride riding fastball. That's what they would call it back then, and mm-hmm. they just didn't know how to get it or the metrics to do it. Um, but for me, I was throwing mainly four seams, and if I was behind in the count, I would throw a two seam and try to get a ground ball. And then when I got to pro ball and we started figuring out all these metrics and stuff like that, uh, especially last year in big league camp um, was my first year in big league. camp, And these guys were like, we were going over the metrics and like this expected ERAs of pitches and expected outcomes. And the Yankees are great about that, which is why I love being with the Yankees. They are so passionate about analytics and, and, and stuff like that. And they literally sat me down. They were like, we need to just try to throw mainly two seams and see what that works out. And I started doing that. And it was like, it, it, t- it was like, I took a whole nother leap because, you know, I, there's a, another huge margin of error now that I can just, I can kind of throw it, Either I can throw it down the middle or I can pitch the corners and, and get a lot of swing and misses on it when when normally my fastball wasn't a big swing and miss pitch, regardless of if I was averaging 94 or 95. It was never that, that swing and miss pitch because I couldn't get the ride on it. And then that's when I started this alternate site this year and uh, in my offseason work this year is where I'm differentiating the four-seam profile to the two-seam profile so I can get more swing and misses on the four-seam. And uh, that's what I, I found a lot of success this, this year in the alternate site, being able to kind of really get those vertical break numbers and and kind of get those tilt numbers on my four seam you know kind of to the next level and and that's where i've been I, that's where i'm at now with my game and so that's where i'm really happy and excited to get into next year because i think that that's a huge that's really going to change my game with another weapon oh man there's so much i want to ask about from that yeah that amazing okay i uh, first question you talked about the analytics the yankees are working with you on right and I want to hear everything about um, when they arrived, but before we even get to that, when you were drafted, um, I mean, you were coming from Tommy John, mm-hmm. and uh, it's you know it's a little bit awkward. You get drafted on a team, you're really excited, but you can't right. really do anything. Right, it's a really right, right. Big league experience. What kind of um, analytics and and uh, coaching did you receive then? And yeah, how big was that transition from the minors you know, arriving at the alternate site in summer camp? 
Yeah, so it, it was. That's a great question. It was really, really hard. Especially me, I'm like the most competitive guy in the world. I have a brother who's two years older than me. We grew oh, up yeah. playing baseball. He went to b- baseball at Clemson. So it's just like, I mean, whatever I'm doing, I want to, I want to destroy you in. I want to win. I want to. I, I just that's what I am. I'm a. I want to be a winner. I want to be a, a you know a very competitive guy. So I hold that myself to a very high regard in that aspect. So being drafted like first first overall pick, you come into this you know this atmosphere where you're showing up to spring training and you're showing up to the the Tampa facilities and all these guys are seeing you, you're meeting hundreds of guys and all these guys are like, Oh, okay. Like you're the first overall pick. Like when will you be able to pitch? And I was like, I can't pitch for another year. Like I just, right. I literally had to, I literally had to a month ago. So it was very tough. That was like definitely the hardest transition period for me. Um, was having to sit there and be like, all right, just be patient. Like just keep my head down. Uh, and just like, the, I'm going to knock this, this rehab process out and just not even like, I'm just going to just completely zone out and just knock this out. So um, during that process, I had a lot of guys. Thankfully, Danny Burrell, he was the pitching coordinator at the time. He's also a a baseball nerd and baseball savant, and he knows pitching like anybody else. Um, So he was the pitching coordinator at the time. Him and another guy named Greg Pavlik, who is the uh, rehab coordinator for the pitchers with with the Yankees, we would sit down every single day and look at my film from – from college baseball and look at my bullpen sessions from college baseball, college baseball, any film I had, we would sit there, watch it, break it down. And then as I started gaining in my throwing progressions, whether it was bullpens or whatever it was, I was starting to get on the rap sodas and I could really, and uh, edutronics and really work on like finger positions and stuff like that. And that's when, you know, you kind of look at stuff from a whole different aspect. I mean, I was, I was able to sit down with these guys and it was, this was like all when it was getting introduced into, into professional baseball. And I was, I wasn't able to be hundred percent throwing on these, these uh metrics and these tools so it was tough but to be able to just learn about it and have a whole year of just sitting there watching these guys break it down for me that's where i gained a whole nother knowledge for it just because i was able to kind of take a step back and learn it as like i felt like a coach like i wasn't even able to play but i was able to learn this information and so i kind of just adapted all that information and then when they when they kind of took the chains off me and let me run free and like let me start pitching again it was like oh i was able to like kind of take things on the fly and kind of not run down the rabbit hole because sometimes in the season you can get you can be like oh mechanical here like feel like you're working on something and then that just goes takes you down one rabbit hole so you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt kind of have some feel with like how much you want to adapt that information um so that's how i kind of learned it was able to learn on the fly and kind of from start to start be able to navigate and see what i'm working on and see what i had success in the last start and what i need to improve on um so obviously, the, the what the Yankees did in introducing me to the analytics was was amazing, and what those guys do now, uh, they're kind of like, I mean, you see teams like them, the Dodgers, and um, there's a bunch of teams out there that are kind of the forefront of these, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, of the mm-hmm. analytics, and and these guys kind of lead the way, and 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 they're really good with what they do. So I mean, as far as specifics go for you, mm-hmm. right, from college to even, um, I guess, like the first couple games after you finally start right. pitching again from Tommy John. What changes did you make? Yeah, so I think the first couple of games, it's hard to make any changes. I was like walking on Bambi legs. It was like, how do you do this again? It's like, <laughs> sure. you've been doing it your whole life. You take a whole year off of it. And it's like, you forget how to do everything. Um, so that first season I pitched, I was, I was back pitching, I think I want to say June or July. Um, and I probably pitched to, to August and then they shut me down. Um, so, I mean, it was like that little snippet of time it was more one of those like i'm just want to like feel just go back out there and pitch and like get the feel right. for it again and then going into that next year 
um, it, there was like, then that was like, all right, well, there's things I need to work on. I wanted to clean up my arm path coming out of the rehab. Um, there's times where like you find yourself, you're doing a lot of like throwing 60 feet, 60 throws and like the rehab protocol, it can kind of mess with your arm path a little bit if you really are focusing on it. So for me, I wanted to shorten up my arm path a little bit. I ended up shortening my arm path the next season and I saw a big jump in, in my spin rates. I saw a big jump in my velos and I also was a slider guy in college. So I threw, um, I was four seam slider, four seam one slider two, uh, and then I threw also threw a curveball, and then it was two seam changeup. And so once uh, that next year I showed up for spring training, they were like, "Hey, let's bag the slider because the slider metrics they were kind of close to the curveball metrics, where like they didn't vary very much in velocity, right. they didn't vary very much in like horizontal break and stuff like that." So they're like, "All right, let's bag the slider and see what we can do to the curveball." So I stopped throwing the slider, and at the time I would probably say my curveball probably averaged around like twenty seven hundred spin rate, and it had really good, it had good metrics on it. It was it was a very good out pitch. It just wasn't what it is now. So I stopped mm -hmm. throwing the slider and that kind of sped my arm up because with the slider, I really was like really wrenching down on that grip. And sure. I was really trying to just manipulate the ball more than I should have been instead of letting it work for itself. And then I started throwing that curveball all the time. And my arm speed was like picked up like crazy. The, the average velo on it went from probably like 81 to like 84, 85, getting it up to 85, 86. And then it became, it turned into kind of like this hard, like hybrid slider curveball that I was able to get up to like 3,300, 3,400 spin rate. And then it was like, it was like, okay, this is a whole nother game like that. You can, this needs to be your pitch. Like, let's focus on this. Let's, let's kind of try to tunnel that with the four seam. And then we're going to get the tunnel, the two seam and the, the change up and kind of be able to work on those and kind of, you know, mix those off of each other. So then after the, the, another thing after the uh, Tommy John rehab, is the changeup like you're throwing so many fastball changeups because you can't throw breaking balls for so long uh, that it ta it takes a big leap. So for me, that changeup took a huge leap for me. I was able to command it a lot better, uh, and I was starting to get like back in college. I never really got a lot of swing and misses on it, but then I got to the point where I was getting a ton of swing and misses on it, uh, and it really became a weapon for me. And and then I mean, even the Yankees, we were looking at the metrics. It was like one of those things where it was like, this is one of those pitches where like you really need to be throwing it a lot more, like. It, 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 it grades out as a above major league average pitch. Like let's throw this more. Uh, and so that's what I was, another thing that I was working on in the alternate site, being able to use that weapon more against lefties, even in and righties and, and being able to have another pitch to go to. So. Oh man. Yeah. Changeups against the uh, right-handers like righty, righty crimes are one of my favorite things. Oh dude. Um, I love it. Luis Castillo yeah. do it so well. The, the yeah. Those guys of Scherzer and Stroudsburg kill it at that. It's such an underrated pitch. Very, I feel, uh, very, very underrated. Very, very underrated. I <laughs> think that, I think that uh, guys who can have the ability to kind of match that pitch. And I think it's more not even mastering that pitch. It's just taking the risk. I think that uh, it's a high risk pitch. I think that, you know, obviously if you miss and you leave it over the middle a little bit too much, that's a hot zone for a right-handed hitter. But uh, if you execute it right, I think, and, it, and the way to execute it right is just not being scared and throwing it a lot. And once you right. start doing that, you, you'll see a lot of success with it. Yeah. I mean, you expand the zone a bit because then they make it, it you make batters terrified. They see a, right. what they think is in their wheelhouse down and in. I mean, and like, you know, for lefties and righties, it's the same there. You just drop the barrel of the bats, right. but then the change just goes a little bit farther and yeah. then they go, Oh man, I sh maybe I'll think twice next time right. I see that pitch there. Uh, it's kind of like how Kershaw works his, uh, his slider in fastball down and into, to right-handers. I uh, man, Okay. So, Going back to that breaking ball, just for a second. So I, I was really curious about that. Mm -hmm. 
different places label one as a slider, one as a curveball. Right. Because, yeah, you're throwing that 85 this year was the, uh, mm-hmm. the average velocity on it. And in the alternate site, you struck out uh, Sanchez with the pitch and Summer Campbell's our first exposure of you. It's right. always a very exciting thing. I follow yeah, yeah. that video now. It's not minor leagues, not college of Clark Street. Yeah. And here you are, essentially, with a great camera angle, by the way. Thank you yeah, so oh, much, yeah. yes, for giving us that. Yeah. Um, you're striking out uh, Giancarlo Stanton looking, uh, and you had some filthy breaking balls there. How mm-hmm. was that experience for you? Yeah, it was almost like a, uh, I guess you could say like a coming out party. Like you said, there's no mm-hmm. film on you really as a prospect when you're, I mean, there's some in the double A levels, but I didn't really pitch a lot in double A. So it was like, I mean, in high, there's not a lot of film. And then you kind of come up and you're pitching it. And then the, we get our spring training moved to Yankee Stadium. So there's a lot like kind of surrounding that. And that was my first experience pitching in Yankee Stadium. Uh, and I was able to, pit, there was so much surrounding it. I was able to pitch against the, the, our starting lineup. Um, right. And to be able to go out there, it was a TV game. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of fun, and those are kind of like the things that I like to live. Like uh, those are the things I love. I love like those big moments. Um, and it, granted, it wasn't a, a real game, but it was kind of one of those things where it was like a bigger. It was like a, a time where I had to rise to the occasion because I'm fighting. I, I I felt like I was fighting for a spot at the time, and I wanted to show my stuff to, to these guys. And this was my first kind of time to do that. So yeah, I think um, moments like that are a lot of fun for me. Um, but yeah, the breaking ball was like the big thing. I think that started to blow up for me. And also, I would say like that a lot of thing, a lot of that has to constitute to like shortening the arm path and a lot of things that I did like working on the the grip manipulation and like the finger. Manip- it's a it's a unique grip. I really haven't. I don't know if anybody, I'm sure somebody slow mowed it and seen it online, but it's a lot of people like they'll throw like a spike. Uh, like a spike curveball with their fingernail right. in the in it. I actually throw like a knuckle with my whole knuckle on the baseball. Uh, oh, so it's fantastic. like, so yeah. yeah, for those listening, uh, Clark is pointing essentially to his fingernail completely down to so the top part of, uh, right. your index finger. Yeah. So I get, I it. get that whole, whole fingernail on it. I think that helps with the spin rate. And that's what the first year I was able to get, like, I, we were down in the alternate site. I mean, it was, it was the alternate site was so fun just because you could work on things that you would never work on in a season hmm. because you could never be like, Oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go out there and try to throw like uh, uh, four seams and get them up to 22 vertical break, or I'm going to go out there and try to throw a breaking ball and get it up to 34 or 3,500 or whatever it was. Um, so it was, there's things that you could work on in a game situation that you typically wouldn't work on because you don't want to affect your results. Um, right. So with Sam Breen, who's the pitching director, and he's he's amazing at what he does uh, to be able to work on the trackman and stuff with him. There was times, I think my first game, uh, we were like, all right, let's see how high we can get this, the four seam vertical break and how high we can get the, the breaking ball spin rate. I think we got it up to like 30, 30, 35, 13 or something on the curveball. And like, we were like, wow. all right, we were trying to shoot for that whole, the whole year. Like we kept on trying to reach it again. I never ended up doing it again. It was like, I would probably average around 3,200, but yeah, I, I that the, doing that with the knuckle is how I got that extra spin and that extra on it. Uh, and like, it, and it just started getting harder and harder. The velo just kept creeping up. I was like, I don't know how this thing keeps going up. And then my velo and my fastball started going up and it was just, it just added a whole nother weapon for me too. So, I mean, there's a huge thing about, uh, high velocity curveballs just being effective. Right. I um, mean, it's really cool to get clarification on that. And that makes me even more exciting, excited about it. I mean, that small, even that small little clip, that, that slice of you right. uh, in summer camp, I remember, uh, there was a lot of talk about that because yeah. it looked so, so good then. Yeah. Um, and hey, it had an, an effective season. Obviously, a very small sample. You threw about mm-hmm. 50 of them this year. 
Um, but 15% swing strike rate is what you want to see on that 40% zone rate as well. So yeah, that those are things you want to see on it. Um, and uh, so many different directions here. So Sam Breen, he had jumped in um, in 2019 uh, as the new director of pitching. Uh, former driveline baseball, of course. Did you personally see a mm-hmm. shift in the organization and how things were done and, yeah. and discussing analytics when he arrived? Yeah, 100%. I think that... Um, there was uh, that year. There was a big transition, and like the, the Yankees were like, you could tell like they really were putting an emphasis on the analytics, and they really were putting an em- emphasis on uh, like pitching development. It was like it, it just everything took a shift. With they brought in uh, another guy named Desi uh, Drusel. I, I know I said his last name wrong, um, <laughs> but he is a he is like a, a pitch shape, like pretty much a pitch developer too. Like he focuses on pitch developing, where you kind of make whatever pitch you want to go to you kind of go to desi and he helps you out with that um but sam he's been amazing as far as like the analytics go and being able to introduce kind of like uh he brought i wouldn't say he brought driveline to the yankees and was like here like everybody do like which well that was my worry coming in because i was never a driveline guy and Mm -hmm. he he didn't show up and was like here everybody take these weighted balls like you all need to be doing this he suggested it the yankees suggested it they were like hey if you want to do this you can do this if you don't want to you don't have to um and then it became a thing where it was kind of like the guys kind of slowly transitioned to it. And then you saw guys across the league starting to do it. When you saw Kershaw and Kenley Jansen, guys who never, who would ever think would shift to a weighted ball started doing it. And it kind of right. was like, okay, if they're doing it and these guys are the veterans and they kind of, you kind of just got to go with the shift to the change of game. Like it was like the game changes so much year to year. Like I, 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 you see it all the time with when two teams weren't even thrown two years ago and now it's like kind of getting picked up again. And then another, another two years, probably two scenes won't be thrown and four scenes. Uh, it's just, there's so many shifts in this game and there's so many cycles. Uh, and I think the weighted ball is something that is going to stick around probably these plyos. Um, and so that's something I introduced this year and, and this off season. And that's a big thanks to, to uh, Matt Blake, who's the head pitching coach. And then Sam Breen, they kind of introduced that to me. Um, and I, I've done it. This is my first off season doing it. And I can tell you, like, I've already seen immense results as far as, like, my bullpen, early on bullpens have gone. My velo has never been this high before. Uh, my stuff has never felt this good. My arm path has never been this clean. So um, there's a lot of things that it can help mechanically. And uh, a big credit goes out to those guys who, who kind of made that big shift with the Yankees. No, that's fantastic to hear. Uh, weighted balls. I remember, oh, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but I remember, like, 10 years ago. Tom House? Uh, no, no. It was a pitcher who had was essentially teaching his high school team, is coaching his high school team with weighted balls and started using it and realizing that he could actually come back to the majors and made a return. I believe pitch for the Mariners and Blue Jays, and oh, it's bothering me that I don't yeah. remember that story. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I want to say, like, Scott something. Anyway, uh, I wanted to go back to something you mentioned before with XERA on pitches mm-hmm. uh, with the Yankees analytics. And, I mean, I heard that, and I'm... Oof, yeah. You got me going there. So I want I want to really hear what kind of data you're getting um right. with the the base with the Yankees analytics and how that's changing your approaches. I mean, th- we've heard before the Yankees are emphasizing a certain movement on two seamers. They say, "Oh, your sinker, your two seamer is getting X amount of movements and that means that we want to lean into that more or go this right. different direction." What kind of stuff are they feeding you to make your pitch selection also your pitch locations? Yeah, so um, as you're, like, navigating through your career, especially, like, me being, like, a rookie and coming up and being a, a touted guy, and, like, you really don't have – or anybody, you really you don't have any direction. Like, you don't know where to go. Like, and I think that's the big thing is, like, finding your identity as a pitcher. Like, 
uh, I talked to Garrett about it a lot and he's like, uh, uh, Garrett Cole, he's always like, dude, you just gotta like find what works for you and like figure out your, like Garrett early on his career, he didn't really know what he wanted to do as far as like how to get guys out. Like you got to figure out a way to, how do you want to get everybody out? Like everybody knows sure. that you're going to get them out in a certain way. So you got to find your identity that way. And like, as you see these like veteran pitchers across the league, they all have like their own identity. And that's why they're so successful is because they've mastered whatever that is, whether that's the four team or whatever it is, they they've kind of honed in on that and mastered that. And so for me, um, I'm still kind of trying to shift my way and find that identity. Cause I have a lot of ways to get guys out, but it's like, sometimes I kind of, I'm bouncing off the walls a little bit, trying to overthink it. And I'm like, okay, let me get this guy out with a four scene when really I could get him out with my breaking ball or, or I just overthink things. So for me, the Yankees, like that, I, I have to be, give a big credit to them is because they just gave me a bunch of direction and was like, all right, here are like, and, and I, I think I would expect other teams, organizations do this as well. Um, but the Yankees just do it in a, you know, they do it a little bit differently, uh, in a way that, you know, they tell you like, Hey, here are like, here's your expected ERAs, here's your expected outcomes against these pitches or, or these locations or these hitters and righties and lefties or whatever it may be. And here's what you're doing now. Here's what you need to change. And then you start to kind of listen to the, listen to what it needs to be done. And then you start kind of start making these changes and you see all the success that comes with it. Uh, and it happens fast if you're executing your pitches the way you should be. Um, so for me, being able to have those guys kind of give me that direction of saying, hey, these are this is kind of what you need to be doing instead of trying to do too much and overthink yourself, which you can really do when you're young in the league. It's like really easy to do because you're like, I, I don't know how to get I, – I, like, there's so many ways to get guys out. Like you have a lot of good stuff, but like you're just kind of off the wall with it. You kind of haven't have it honed it in. Um, so that's where the Yankees come in and they're like, Hey, listen, let's, let's focus on this. Let's focus on that and, and kind of give me some direction to, to go through. So what would you say is your direction right now? What, what did they sit down and say, this is this metric. It says this, you should be doing that. Yeah. I think what stands out to me once you sit down and look at the numbers is, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of numbers and stuff that you can sit down and look at. And a lot of it to me, some of it is eyewash. Uh, but there's a lot of numbers that are really like stand out to me, like strike percentage, Swing and miss percentage, uh, expected number, like expected ERA and expected outcomes, like those things are like, those are like written in stone. Like you have to like right. look at those and, and kind of like take, you got to take that as it is. Um, and then there's other stuff that you really might not look at as much. But for me, I look at those things like strike percentages and, and like swing and miss percentages and stuff like that. And so for me, when I look at those, I, my two seam and my breaking ball and my change up stand out the most to me. And there's things that I need to improve on, like my four seam profile, my four seam swing and miss to lefties, my four seam strike percentage to lefties. So those are the things that like that I'm kind of focusing on this offseason, the alternate site or that I wanted to work on was being able to, to get my expected outcomes against lefties a little bit better. And that was kind of the thing that we wanted to work on. And, and you saw that progression through last year. And I made so many more strides to it. Uh, granted, this, the sample size was small in the major leagues, but uh, I mean, to be able to do, I, I was very, very happy with my alternate site and the outcomes that I had down there. Obviously, nothing's televised and stuff like that, but um, I made a lot of strides in, in that facet of my game, and I feel very, 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 very confident where it's at now um, and to where it was last year when we first sat down with the Yankees and they were like, all right, this is what we need to do. So, yeah, things that stood out to me were definitely the two seam and the breaking ball. And those were like the, the point of emphasis on how we should be able to get guys out. And we kind of build off that. Like everybody had, like Garrett, like he has a four seam and he builds off his four seam. He does everything off his four seam. Same thing with Max Scherzer and all these other guys. They all have that one pitch that they work off and, and they go from there. So for me, it was building off the building blocks and kind of and going from there. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, we see like Kenta Maeda, who uh, yeah. really builds off of his slider. Uh, his fastball is just there to keep them honest on it, get me a strike every so often, but really it's now the slider he's throwing about 40% of the time right. that establishes everything else. Kind of Tanaka does that. I mean, that's the Tanaka way as well. So that makes a lot of sense to, to think of pitching as, okay, what is your foundation? What is your focal point? And then everything else grows from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the, maybe that turns into your, your curveball, but just because yeah. of how good it's been, it, it has such a, you know, again, throwing it hard at 85 uh, miles per hour. You're saying even that you're feeling even more confident now. That might turn into uh, that focal point for you. And yeah, don't worry about, like, no one cares about the numbers from this year. Like, six yeah. innings, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's always, it's also really, we would never count, you know, uh, first exposure, like MLB debut or your first you right. know, a couple of relief periods. Like, no one cares. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not even going to recite any of that stuff. Um, but uh, actually talking about that really quickly, you made your MLB debut technically on September 4th against the Orioles, mm-hmm. but that was in relief. And then you got your first start on September 27th right. against the Marlins. Uh, which one had more of an impact for you? And what was that like for you? Um, obviously the debut, it's like something that's hyped up and, you know, it has a lot around it and you reach a milestone that not a lot of people get to reach. And, um, it's great. And I was, you know, it was an amazing accomplishment and I'm very, very thankful for that. Uh, but it wasn't like, I didn't have the outcome that I wanted. So it was like, Mm -hmm. I kind of took it on the chin and was like, brushed it off. I was like, all right, on to the next one. And I had another, my next relief outing was against the Blue Jays, which is my best outing I had in the big leagues that year. Um, uh, it was just like everything was more comfortable. I was just slowed the game down a lot more. The pace of play kind of slowed down. And that's kind of how it is when you, the more you're up there, the more you kind of, you're around the guys, the more comfortable you get. And then I had my first start and it was like, I thought I, I mean, if you go back and look at that, that start, it was like, I had one blow up inning and then everything beyond that was like very, right, yeah. very, I was very, very happy with how everything went. Um, and that's the difference between like me and those like, the guys like Garrett and the Kershaws and everybody else, they take those blow up innings and they're able to limit the damage and they're able to get out of those situations. So um, those are things that you learn, like when you're up in the league, like you just, you just kind of adapt that information and kind of take everything in stride. Um, so I took more away from my start, just being able to have more, that's what I am. I'm a starter. So being able to go out there and have my, that, that week of preparation going up there and, and just being able to navigate through a lineup and kind of, for me, like, when I'm navigating through a lineup, like if I'm coming out of relief, I'm probably going to throw a lot of breaking balls. I'm probably going to throw a lot of two, like just try to strike guys out. But if I'm starting the game, you know, I'm going to get a lot of quick outs. I want to go deep in the game and, and, and kind of save the bullpen. So it, you got you to manage a game a lot different when you're starting or leaving. So it's two completely different things. Um, so for me, I definitely took more from my start. But like going back to like you said, like it's a small sample size, like I kind of enjoy like the, like the expectations around like prospects and stuff like that, like you never really know how good a prospect can be or you don't know if they're going to read those expectations or exceed them. So for me, I kind of just take all of that stuff in and, you know, I kind of, I embrace it. Like I, I I definitely see what, what people say and uh, I would be lying if I said I did it. And, you know, I kind of enjoy it. Like I've always been a guy who kind of, I don't take things heavily. I I have thick skin and I think you kind of have to, if you're playing for the Yankees, which uh, I'm thankful for. And, and so it's fun. I think that uh, I'm really excited for this year. I think that there's, I've just been working harder than I've ever worked before. And I kind of have a competitive edge and being able to do what I did last year and not have the success that I wanted, uh, be able to go into it. It kind of puts a little chip on your shoulder. It makes you a little bit more hungry uh, to go into an year and kind of prove people to show people what you're, what you're capable of doing. So that's what I'm excited for, for this year. 
I mean, absolutely. You have a lot of opportunity at this point. Uh, right. Say for Garrett Cole, which is the, you know, okay, obviously starting right. for the Yankees. There is a lot of confusion at the moment. I mean, this is you know, January 10th. We don't really know uh, what's going to happen with the full rotation. And at this moment, there's a there is opportunity for Clark Schmidt right. uh, to uh, to be inside the rotation right out of the gate. So we're certainly rooting for that uh, for you. Uh, and also really fun tidbit. I, I found it interesting that your second relief appearance you averaged 96 in your fastball while it was 95 mm-hmm. in the debut. We normally see that reversed yeah. where there's more adrenaline in that first one. But I mean, yeah. to your credit, you're saying that you felt more comfortable. You felt that you slowed down the game and that allowed you to really trust your mechanics mm-hmm. and really be in. And that's why you're throwing 96. I mean, throwing 96, even, I know it's relief, but you still threw 95 as a starter in the next right. game. So Yeah, I think that – I think when you're in, in moments like that, like uh, – like sometimes I don't know as as a pitcher like all the pitchers who are hearing this like they know like like sometimes when you try to throw hard you don't throw as hard as you like when you're like all right I'm gonna hit 95 or I'm hitting 97 right here then you try to hit 97 you don't hit 97 but when you like slow down and you just kind of like you're smooth because like in the end like the same way a golfer like like swings or like a hitter swings like it's extremely technical and like you have to be everything has to be in sync for it to like have the outcome that you want or like the power output that you want so like for me when i'm tensing up and i'm trying to throw as hard as i can i'm not going to throw as hard as i can but when i'm you know kind of technical and everything is in sync with my lower half and my upper half and my my rotation stuff like that that's when i'm throwing harder so um that was one of those moments where i was like okay i settled down i i just you know took a deep breath and it was like all right we're here we're, we're, we've made it past all the, the hype and stuff. Now let's just go get people out. Exactly. Uh, so getting people out. Let's talk about that really quickly. Uh, you have a changeup now. that You didn't really right. touch this year. is under 10% usage. I mean, again, 6.1 innings. So I can't really <laughs> you know go too much into usage stuff. But it, does, it did become very apparent that, okay, sinkers and, and curveballs. And let's throw in some four-seamers. You really did that in that second relief appearances where you threw mm-hmm. more four-seamers. But the changeup was, yeah, it looked like just a lefty tool. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, and you said before, two-seam change uh, mm-hmm. from when you were in high school or actually college, I think you mentioned. Right. And that was when I saw the, when I just saw the pitch, it had a lot more horizontal movement than your, than mm-hmm. like your Luis Castillo one, even though he kind of does a two-seam one, but he has so much pronation that he gets more sync on it. Yeah. Um, how are you throwing that? Is it essentially your two-seam grip with your middle finger and ring finger replacing uh, uh, your essentially your index finger? Or is there something extra that you're doing? Yeah, so I actually learned that grip uh, in college, my junior year. I had a different grip my freshman and sophomore year. I, I was just trying to figure things out, and then I figured out a grip that one of the other uh, kids on my team was using, um, and it was like an offset two seam grip because I wanted something that was had more horizontal and more depth because my force like I wasn't a big four seam guy, so I wanted something with a lot of depth and that kind of ran match my two seam run, and I think that's where you find like success and changeups is like they have to match the fast ball um so i started doing that and it was like an offset two seam where i kind of focused mainly on my ring finger and my thumb and those were the two main like uh pressure points for me and and kind of like just because i'm a big you know i kind of pronate a little bit i'm obviously not luis Mm -hmm. castillo but i i I do kind of pronate um and so once i started kind of getting that feel for it and getting that release point and that that, for me like i want to see certain numbers on my mechanics like after a start like if i go back and look at a start and i see that like for me, like extension numbers on on my release height and stuff like that, like my changeup needs to normally be like a couple inches 
uh, extended longer than my my breaking ball. Like for me, my breaking ball is going to be my shortest extension pitch. My fastball is going to be like middle of the pack, and my changeup is going to be the longest extension. Um, so those are things like I, I look for to make sure that like kind of everything's in sync as far as arm path and, and stuff like that. Um, and so like I really try to get out in front on it. Obviously, you have to on a changeup, uh, and, and I really started to see a lot more depth and a lot more horizontal movement on it. And I think it, it, it really will be a big weapon for me. Obviously, the, the, like you said, the usage numbers were down last year because such a small sample size. But it is going to be a – sometimes I can – I find myself – like I'll go through starts where I'm just like my two-seam and my, my two-seam so like good at – sometimes it'll be so good in starts where I just mainly use that in a breaking ball or in a four-seam sure. that I don't really have to go to the changeup. But but for me, there's times where you have to like get creative and, and – different ways to get guys out, especially when a lot of times when you're in the, in the majors or wherever you are in the upper levels, like they'll stack just a ton of lefty lineup against you. If you're righty, they'll stack the lineup, obviously. Um, so for me, uh, being able to have a lot more weapons to get lefties out is, is the key. And so that changeup was that for me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited with, you know, the strides that I made in it, especially last year uh, at the alternate site, being able to throw a lot more for strikes. I think the, the thing is, like, people really won't – the hitters aren't, aren't going to respect it if I can't land it. Um, so I started landing it a lot more and, and, and started kinda, then I saw the swing and miss go up on it as well. Nice. Uh, I mean, you talking about extension on it, very important. We talked about getting over and on top of changes mm-hmm. a ton. Uh, I remember when pitching, like, there were certain um, – I would throw, like, a two-seamer, but emphasizing the index finger on release mm-hmm. against it, kind of like a reverse cutter. It was a really stupid pitch. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, but essentially, on extension, I, I like. I, I know this is going to sound very weird, but in my head, my I was hyper focused on the tip of my index finger mm-hmm. and ensuring that I was going out and coming straight down and through it uh, as far as I could. And I could tell when I hadn't gotten that straight extension forward. And I, I, I can imagine it's the same for you. You can even think like a basketball player, like your your wrist on release, like yep. as you release the ball, you know, you know it's going in or not. And for a changeup, you're saying I got to get that extension just a little bit more, and that hyper focus on mm-hmm. releases is everything with it. Right. Yeah. I think that um, as a pitcher or anybody who like tries to master their craft, like you have like cues and things that you like focus on uh, that like improve your game. So for me, like extension is definitely one of those things where it's like I, I kind of need. I'm not like oh, what was my, I'm not like freaking out about my extension every start, but it's like one of those things that I pay attention to. Um, but a lot of things like mechanically that I'll pay attention to, like I know when I'm out of sync, it's like if I'm pulling off the ball, like my front half kind of pulls off early. Those are like things that happen. Like when things are going bad, I, I there's things where I'm able to hone in and I'm able to hone in on my lower half and be like, all right, I'm pulling off the ball a little early. Let's kind of like stay through it a lot more. Um, so there's like tools and, and cues that I, I kind of I'm starting to use now that really will help me do that and kind of stay through the ball rather than, you know, kind of pulling off it and, and, and seeing those those kind of sprays and those uh, up up high and in misses to the to the righties and stuff like that definitely uh oh, i love all of this okay so I, I, it, this has been fantastic i only have a few more questions i really this, this is such a great interview and it's really <laughs> awesome nerding out with you about this stuff yeah for uh, sure. so so for this off season uh moving forward we're talking about the potential of the rotation what kind of direction have the yankees given you uh through these months uh yeah i mean it, it's just been like one of those things where it's kind of like take what we started to work on in the alternate site and what we worked on at the end of the year that we were focusing on and just trying to take that into the off season. So for me, I told the Yankees, like, I was like, I'm going to start my throwing earlier than I've ever had this year. I just really took my off season, like completely different outlook this year. This is 
to be honest with you, this is the first off season where I felt like as healthy as I felt and as good as I felt. Um, and so that was like a big reason why I started throwing earlier. I started doing my bullpens earlier. And then, I, like I said, I started doing throwing the plyos and the weighted balls this off season. And my just my arm, like mechanically, I feel so much better. I've been off the – my number one goal this year was to get off the mound more. Um, so a lot of things like that I wanted to work on this year. My strike percentage was terrible in the in the major leagues this year. Like, like up to my expectations. Like for me, like I've always been a high strike thrower. My walks per nine has never been like what it was. I've always been like a really good walks per nine guy and just like a command guy. So for me, I, I really wanted to get off the mound more and kind of feel my my because when you switch from the minor league to the major league ball, like the the what you. I think it's – I don't know. I think it's something that needs to be focused on because, like, the difference in the minor league and major league ball is dramatical. And the the difference that you can make the, the, the ball move between majors and minors is dramatical as well. So my two-seam never moved as much as it did with the minor league ball as it does with the major league ball. Huh. So I kind of have to set my sights a little bit different when I'm throwing it. So for me, I wanted to get off the mound more with the major league ball just because it was moving so much, like my, I, I couldn't control it. Like I was like, this thing is running like completely off the table. I was handcuffing all my catchers that I was throwing with. They were like, they were, every catcher was like, I was, I couldn't find a catcher to catch me because they were like, dude, I'm done catching you. Like, <laughs> my my wrists are killing me. Like you're, I right. just can't do it. So finally, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get off the mound more. I'm gonna really kind of hone in on the lower half mechanics and and kind of just clean up my whole lower half. And I, once I started cleaning up my lower half and like my back hip and stuff like that, uh, which is things I've been doing this off season, it's like my command of it has gone up so much more, um, which is a big reason why I wanted to get off the mound more. So that I've been doing that a lot using the Edgertronic, which is the slow motion camera. And I actually, uh, one of our gyms around here, uh, we just introduced like TrackMan into the gym. So I'm, I'm super pumped about, we've been using that this off season. And that's something that I love being able, a tool that's obviously like written in stone. Like you can, like there's numbers on there that you see that that you can't like kind of debate like they're either there or they're not not there. You're either able to do certain things or you're not. So being able to throw on the track man and the edgertronic and kind of work on on different uh, pitch profiles, especially on the forcing profile, and, and like I said, just continue to be off the mound and work on the mechanics has it, been huge for me. Nice. Uh, so have you been given any word as to um, what kind of schedule is ahead? Uh, for 2021, we're all in the dark about we yeah. are assuming the season's going to start on time and pitchers and catchers are going to happen hopefully normally in February. Do you right. have any sort of understanding? Yes, I would probably say I'm just as much in the dark as you guys are. I think right. the, play, the players, <laughs> like everybody, like even the players, like, you know, we have a bunch of players at the gym or whoever it is, like, we're all like, dude, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? So as as I, I took it as the same way I took it as last year at spring training too. I was like, I'm just going to be over-prepared and I'd rather be ready for a spring training at the typical time. I'm preparing to go down there at the typical time until I'm told otherwise. So uh, I'll, I'll kind of adjust from there, but you know, I, I know everybody saw uh, the articles that come out or came out the past week about everybody's expecting it to start on time. So, uh, hopefully that's the case. I know that we all are itching to get back out there and play a full season. I think that baseball isn't baseball unless we get the full 160. It just feels different, you know. Um, oh yeah, completely. And, and I know day. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, right? I know the fans want to see a full season. I know the players want to play a full season. So uh, hopefully that's what happens this year. Oh man, that would make me. Nothing would make me happier yeah. than a full 162 game season this year. And final question: We ask everybody this 
Um, you pitched a lot of pitches uh, from Little League, obviously, now to the majors. Is there one pitch or one at bat from your lifetime of pitching that you remember the most? Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> uh, so I never won, like, I never won, like, a we never won anything like crazy in college. Like my college baseball team, we, we went to a super regional. We never went to the college world series. Unfortunately we fell short like every single year. So I never had like that crazy, crazy big moment, but there was always like big moments playing in the sec where you're like, uh, it's just like a kind of bigger than life moment. You know, even like, even as a college baseball player, like being in the sec, we used to, I remember when we played, um, I actually do remember when we played Florida, uh, we were number we were number two in the nation. Uh, Florida was number one in the nation, and it was Logan Shore versus me. And lo- at the time, Logan Shore had never lost a college baseball game in his career, and um, it was his junior year. And we were playing on a Friday night at, in Columbia, at South Carolina, and it was like eight thousand, like nine thousand fans sold out. And I remember, I think we it was like my seventh inning, and I had like runners on runners on second and third and we were winning like one to two or like one to nothing or something like that. And then they ended up striking out the guy to get out of the inning. And it was like, just like moments like that when it's just like you're out, it's an out of body experience. Like you literally right. cannot explain it. Um, and just like kind of hearing that crowd and stuff like that. Those are like the times that I live for. I cannot wait for fans to be back in stands. And like, so for me, like I, when I debuted, I debuted in Camden yards. I debuted, I, I, I came in a game. I came out of relief in a game where, um, we were in a pennant race. Like if we lost that game, we were going to fall back in standings. Uh, it was kind of like somewhat down the stretch. Um, it was like literally probably my second relief of appearance of my life other than uh, like one or two I did in college. Hmm. Um, and so coming in that moment, like typically in a season, like we were up by one or something. I think there was runners on first and second. Um, and coming, or we were up by two and coming in a moment like that, like typically with a full stadium, like full stadium, like that's completely different. Like, that's like an out of body experience right there. Like you don't even know how to control that. Uh, but for me, I came in with no fans. Um, and it was like, it, it definitely wasn't what I, you, you kind of have, obviously you have that adrenaline just you're, cause you're surrounded being the expectations and all the stuff that's coming around it, like it's your debut and stuff like that. Uh, so there's nerves around that and stuff like that, but it was never what like it typically would be with fans in the stands. So I'm really excited to right. get fans in the stands to have those moments like that. Uh, I, I, I cannot wait for my first time pitching in Yankee Stadium with fans in there. That's something that I, I, I've probably been thinking about since the day I got drafted. So uh, I, I, that's something I, you know, I'm most excited about. Hopefully next year. I hope it happens next year, but we'll see. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Some people like Zach Greinke where they're like, ah, fans of the Sands, whatever. Yeah. And you're certainly someone that I think would feed off of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I'm the same way, too. But, you know, I, of course, don't get the opportunity to the stadium. <laughs> you never know. I, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, maybe one day. There you go. <laughs> I'm only 32. That's fine. I've got so much time left. Yeah, there's there's time in there. There's, there's something in the tank. I know it. There we go. Um, but anyway, Clark, this has been incredible. Really, thank you so much for taking the time. Fantastic insight. A really great look into your development and what's going on in the Yankees organization. Really, I cannot thank you enough for being here today. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I, I always enjoy your stuff. I think that um, as being a baseball just fan and, and pitching fan, I think it's there's certain things, certain articles and stuff that you pay attention to and certain uh, people that put out information, and you guys are definitely one of them. I think that um, what you guys is, is good for baseball, so keep it up. Man, well, thank you so much, and uh, good luck this year. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.